Hello and welcome to the Loon Line podcast. Chris here. I hope you're staying safe and keeping well and enjoying being able to get out and about a little bit more at the moment. Um, and you're back once again with a review of the SWPO action from the weekend just gone. And of course, I'm joined as always by my good friend, Mr. Campbell Ferguson. Campbell, how are you doing? Good, aye. Had a good weekend seeing people that I've not seen in ages. Um, first trip to Forfa and my weekend was so good that on Monday night I still thought it was Sunday. So aye, it's been good. Oh, that's, that sounds like a good tune. Um, I have managed to time this just as my opera, si- opera singing neighbour has stopped singing, which is good. So if you hear that, enjoy the aria. If not, then it means she's she's done for the night, which is all good. But we're not here to hear her sing. We're here to talk about Scottish women's football. And yeah, we're going to cover all four games from the weekend. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Scottish, the Scottish national team draw for the World Cup qualifiers. Um, and then we're also going to have a wee look at the player of the month for SWPL in April. But... Let's get straight into the games, and we are going to start with one of the games that wasn't on telly at the weekend, and that was Glasgow City against Spartans. And I popped over to Broadwood, where once again it was windy and cold and forever, forever dreich um, to watch Glasgow City play Spartans. But it was not a dreich game. I messaged Campbell during the game and actually said it's probably, probably one of the best games I've been to in the SWPL season so far. Uh, a three-one win for Glasgow City, but um, in terms of how it started. Um, yeah, Spartans actually probably started very well. It was a really, it was a good intensity to the game, and I actually said to myself, kind of about twenty minutes in, there's some really nice football being played. Spartans had the had a chance which didn't meet the highlights on the the sports scene show, which was a bit surprising because I think that was a very key moment in the game because thirty seconds after uh, Spartans had an effort cleaned off the line by Janine Van Wyk, Glasgow City went up the other end of the park, and uh, a Lauren Davidson cross, who again was very impressive, was met by Arna Arsgrim's daughter. Bullet head or from close range, putting one 0 up, and then Campbell kind of went like sometimes these games do, where the the kind of quote unquote bigger side goes ahead and they scored a couple of quick fire goals, a really well worked move. Priscilla Chinchia doing some more great work. She was again very impressive on Sunday, putting the ball through to Joe Love, who took all the time in the world to pass it into the corner, and then a really well taken finish from Odifula Tadula to make it three 0 from the edge of the area. Um, three and a half at half time. Looked like Glasgow City were going to motor on, but it didn't quite happen that way. Um, and Spartans kind of dug their way into the game. Things got a little bit tetchy. And then Spartans managed to get a goal back through Cat Smart, um, who managed to put it in after a bit of a scramble. And then the, the, the talking point of the game, which sounds weird to say, was obviously with 10 minutes to go, Erin Clackers uh, came rushing out to try and uh, counter a, a Becky Hill with um, clean through ball. And it was a swing and a miss, I think it's probably fair to say. And um, she she took a bit of a, a bit of a chunk out of Becky's back. It's led to a straight red card. And by that point, City had made all their substitutions. And so Jenna Clark donned the gloves and um, didn't have much to do. She caught a, a cross ball really well. But yes, Spartans weren't able to really capitalise on that. And it finished 3-1 Glasgow City. Bit of a summary of the game. We'll get into a bit more detail on Campbell. But a, a good win for City. But I know you've seen kind of highlights of this one now as well. It was a, a win that City had to work for, despite going that three 0 up at half time. Yeah, I mean, as you said earlier on, obviously it's one of these ones where teams seem to score goals in like a bunch, um, and then are just pretty much in control. Uh, but I've only seen the highlights, but from the way you described it, it was as if City kind of just took the foot off the gas, maybe a wee bit. Obviously, big game to come next weekend, but you can't do it against Spartans who are. Obviously, a good side, maybe not the greatest to form recently, but they're a team there that are, that are hard to beat. Um, and obviously got themselves, as I say, a goal back into it and then extra players, maybe just a bit too late. But it's an important win for City, I think, just to just to keep the, themselves that wee bit clear at the top. 
um, especially with Rangers obviously in good form themselves. So it was it was a win that was needed, but I think one that was comfortable enough, but maybe not quite to the level they'd have hoped for. No, not at all. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things that I think we should talk about in this game. I think um, before we get to the red card, I want to talk about Odi Filotadilo, who scored another goal again um, on Sunday. Again, a really well-taking goal. And I think I said on the podcast a few weeks ago that I hadn't totally bought into Odi in terms of what she puts in the City team, but she has... She's really come on. She's obviously scored a, a ton of goals in a short period. I think that's her seventh now of the season. I don't have my spreadsheet up, otherwise I would just read it out. Um, I think that's her seventh of the season. And it was another really well-taken goal. And she is very busy. And something that you notice in broad as well, because you get some good acoustics, because it's obviously a, a, a kind of proper stadium in terms of having the three stanzas. She's always shouting for the ball. She's always looking for it. And for me, she's definitely she's definitely added something to that, that Glasgow City attack, for sure. I mean, ever since you said that, I think it was at halftime of the Forfar game and then suddenly she came out and started banging in the goal. So um, it's you reason, you're the reason for her being nominated for Player of the Month. But um, <laughs> she's a, she's brought that sort of, that presence up front that City have been lacking. Obviously, they lost Christy Howitt, as we've said, and she obviously wasn't the, the strongest of players, but it's all to players, sorry, but she was always putting the ball in the net and now they've got a few players up in that position, sort of up front can area that are all kind of these different parts of what Kirsty Howitt was, then coming kind of together, Priscilla Chinchi is the one that does quite a lot of the work, and it's just sort of about in between everyone, and then it's an to rule, obviously, clearly knows where the net is, and again, it's another good goal she scored on Sunday, um, and obviously, we'll get to nominations later, but deservedly, she's got there, and she's become quite an important part um, of the Glasgow City side. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it wouldn't be me talking about a Glasgow City game without a little bit of Priscilla Shinchia uh, propaganda because she was, again, very good, as I said, the, the move for the second goal. I mean, the second and third goal for City were both really well taken, but there was a moment in the second half, about an hour in, where she just hit, she was hit a turn of pace at, you very rarely see in SWPL1, where she just kind of seemed to step on the gas and pushed it away from one of the Spartans defenders. It didn't lead to anything, but it was one of those moments where you sat back and you went, whoa, that's... You don't see that very often. But, as I said, it was 3-0 at half-time and City didn't capitalise on it. Um, they also had to take off Arna Asgrim's daughter, who picked up an injury, I think it was a thigh, if I remember rightly, uh, after speaking to Scott post-match. And Nicole Robertson was also out with an ankle injury. Um, she was at the game with a moon boot on, so a couple of injuries there for City, but they have got a big squad. But in terms of that that last kind of 10, 15 minutes for Spartans, obviously they get the goal back into it, then there is a red card. I mean, Campbell had... I spoke to Scott about it after the game. I spoke to Debbie about it after the game. There wasn't, I don't think there was much to be about around the red card. Did you see anything other than a red card for that? No. I um, see what Aaron's trying to do, obviously, but badly mistimed it. And it's giving Becky Galbraith a sore one, obviously, in the end of it. So it was, luckily for City, it didn't come back to bite them, but it was certainly just a, a moment of madness, I think. Probably the nicest way to put it for, and it was definitely the right decision. Yeah, it was a bit of a wincer. It was like one of those, when you saw it happen, you're like, ah, oh, that's that's not going to end well. And I mean, the decision was quick. It was something we're quite kind of, um, we can be quite kind of critical of kind of refereeing, but I thought that was the right decision and it was a decision made quite swift as well. But as I said, um, Spartans weren't really able to kind of capitalise, didn't get any kind of shots on goal, which will be disappointing. Jenna Clark did what she had to do, which was she got across really well. Um, but after the game, I spoke to Debbie McCulloch, who mentioned the fact there was a little bit of talk about not capitalising on that, and Glasgow City defender Kayla Meekie, and this is what they both had to say. Uh, Debbie, 3-1 defeat today, probably first question. What's, what's your thoughts on the game? I didn't think it was a 3-1 defeat, to be honest with you. I was really disappointed. 
back in it. Um, and their keeper gets sent off, um, which I agree with, you know. Um, never like to see a player get sent off, but, you know, with regards to the challenge and the state of Becky's back, and it looked like it was, it was, it was a red card. Um, and they start to worry. It's not often Glasgow City going to take the ball into a corner against a team, is it? I mean, you, you mentioned obviously the start. I thought you had a really good start to the game. I, I actually think in general the game was a, a really good watch just in terms of like the, the football display and obviously the intensity of it. You had that chance uh, when Jeannie Van Wijk had gone off the line. Do you think if that had gone in that way, like, changed the tempo? As you say, given yeah. the, the game transpired. Yeah, I think so. You know, like I, I can see that you feel so far off this pitch that I couldn't really see um, how close it was um, to being in the back of the net. Um, and you know, literally 30 seconds later, they go up the pitch and score. So against Glasgow City, you have to take your chances. And I said that to the players before the game. Um, when you get an opportunity, make sure you put it in the back of the net. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it could have went either way, I think. Uh, but yeah, an entertaining game, I think, for the neutral fans, certainly. And both teams in a very physical game today. You, you mentioned obviously the sending off ten minutes to go, and you'd obviously just just kind of got the goal to get yourself back in. You disappointed you didn't really create any chances in that ten minute period. Yeah, I wanted us to capitalise on that, at least test the keeper, put her under pressure, you know. Um, but I think we'd put a lot into the game um, in terms of energy levels, etc. Kian, three one one today. Can I get your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, I think we started the game really sharp. Um, we kind of had a game plan that we wanted to execute, and I think we did it really well. We found the spaces we wanted to, and we finished our chances really well. And I think against Spartans, you always know they're going to be an organised and disciplined side. Um, and so going up at half time with three goals um, was really positive for us. And I think we know ourselves that we didn't manage to get into that flow of the game in the second half, and we kind of caused some of our own issues. And I think we're disappointed that we let the game become as close as it did towards the end. What's it like in that last ten minutes? Obviously, with with Ellen's red card and then Jen has to go and goals. If somebody is part of that defensive unit, what what does that do to your game plan in that last ten minutes? And um, well, it definitely makes me think as a fullback that the priority is probably less getting up the park, but equally you want to make sure that the ball stays in the other half of the pitch um, trying to get into the corners and making smarter decisions playing longer balls but I think it's commendable how we regrouped how we had Jenna put her hand up and say I'll go in and um, that we managed to keep it very tight because of course the biggest risk is you let in one goal 10 players with a makeshift goalie and um, it's only 3-2 and a very tight uh, game towards the end but I think we managed it pretty well um, but you definitely become defensive focused and just a couple of glances at the clock to see yourself through. Um, you've obviously played a couple of games on the bounce now, it's taken a wee while to make your debut. How's, how's it been at City since you've come back to, the, back to Scotland? Yeah, it's been great. Um, the togetherness of the team is really exciting and we've got a lot, it's obviously a different landscape to when I left Scotland. Um, a lot of professional players, about half our team from foreign countries. Um, so it's been nice to kind of get to know everybody and um, the club's obviously very professional and always pushing for more um, through Lauren Montgomery and Kaz. Uh, they do an excellent job kind of paving the way for us. Um, and I think I've just had a lot of support in terms of um, getting into the flow of the team, finding out how they play. I think in Sweden we're a lot more um, 
kind of standing off other teams and kind of forcing them to break us down. So it took me a while to get into this whole get to the ball, win it, high city press and getting up and forward. So it's really exciting to be part of such an attacking team and of course being in a league that's more competitive as well. So Campbell, that win keeps Glasgow City three points at the top. How how important do you think that was? I mean, Spartans are a team we talk about as being tough. And as I said, in terms of the quality of play, you can... I'm trying to think how the best way to describe this, but when you watch Spartans play, they do look at a level above maybe a Forfar Farmington or a Hearts or Motherwell at the moment in terms of just the way they kind of carry themselves through a game of football. Yeah, they just they just lack that bit of quality that obviously Rangers, Celtic, and City have got in that obviously more money and professionalisation and what have you that it makes a difference obviously. But yeah, Spartans are a side that are they're always well organised. Debbie knows what she's doing with them and is has got that style of play that suits them. Um, and as you say, you can see it, and then they're they're not always they don't tend to lose these games heavily. They have done obviously previously, but not a lot when they're playing the likes of City. So. Yeah, the positives for them to take about it, and you see when they're playing, obviously the likes of Forford and that, as you say, they, they tend to come out on top. So I think they're probably just comfortably the best of the rest at the minute behind the top three. Yeah, I think so. I'm also, we'll talk about the games coming this weekend, but the game against him should be an interesting one. But let's move away from Glasgow City Spartans and let's head to Angus, where our man Campbell was. And he wrote a lovely piece about the four grounds of Angus, which we retweeted over on Twitter. So go and, go and read that if you haven't already. But four for now, uh, Celtic 8. Oh, sorry, four for Farmington now, Celtic 8. Campbell, do you want to give us the breakdown of the game from, from your perspective up there? Yeah. Um, Celtic are obviously at the top end of the table. And against the team at the top end of the table, when you're down the bottom, the last thing you want to do is give away an early goal. And from a neutral point of view, watching it, you're wanting a close game. So you don't want an early goal and then within 64 seconds, Celtic were 1-0 up. And you just had that fear that this was going to be a really long afternoon. And um, it was a good header from Ayanna Philby to put, uh, put Celtic 1-0 up. And then they had a lot of the ball without creating much. I mean, there wasn't really any great chances shot for distance at Lauren Perry made a couple of saves maybe, but there wasn't too much in it. And then in my head, about maybe half an hour in, I was thinking, keep Mr. 1-0 halftime for we're pretty pleased. And then I think it was about 12 minutes time Celtic, Celtic sorry, scored three goals and it just kind of got to the stage of alright 4-0 and that's, that's game over by this point which was, was disappointing um, from a fourth point of view but three very good goals Izzy Atkinson's first for Celtic was that cracking volley um, then we barely found out that there'd been a goal when there was a third goal with Sarah Ewans again just too easy from a fourth point of view I mean she was played played through a cracking finish and then Sarah T Garden's goal was just it was a great one, just kind of that reaction outside of her foot and off the underside of the bar um, from the edge of the box. And that was 4 0 again. You knew where the game was going. And then the second half followed the same pattern for who obviously had lost a couple of players um, over the last week or so. And then had done a passing, was out suspended as well. So they kind of had a very young team out. Um, they couldn't really get out their own half. And then Mariah Lee scored um, a couple in the second half. There was a penalty that. It probably wasn't a penalty. Chloe Craig scored it. They then should have had a penalty that wasn't given. So there's your negative referee again. Um, and then Anna Philby scored again where Sarah Ewan just kind of booted the ball off of a close range and it went in and sort of... It's one of these games where Celtic could have scored more, but it was it was comfortable really for them. And in the end, it's a win that you'd expect from them, but it's now five in a row and we've been building that momentum up. Obviously, they get a big game coming um, 
a week and a half, I think it is, against City. But for now, they're building up that momentum. They keep them kind of close to Rangers and Celtic, and uh, to Rangers and City, sorry. And um, yeah, they'll they'll be quietly confident that they can they can try and split those top two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, I mean, for Celtic this coming weekend, in theory, as long as he beat Motherwell, they should make a gain on somebody. Whether it's both of them, whether it's one of them, it depends obviously on the, the ultimate result. But um, it will put them in a good stead, and obviously winning those five games in the bounce is a very important part of that. I want to talk about the couple of players, um, Campbell. Um, let's talk about, and I felt well. I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about Mariah Lee first, so then we've got a nice lead in. So Mariah Lee um, really coming on to a game now in a, in a Celtic shot. I think when we watched this Celtic v City game when the season came back, we didn't see much from her, but. Um, the two goals she obviously set up a couple and then she scored two kind of identical looking goals kind of running into that back post to kind of head the ball home and she's obviously scored important goals against Rangers like she did in the old firm game and um, she's really coming on to a game just now for Celtic and you can see what she you can see why she's been brought in now because you can see what she's bringing in terms of stretching the play for them yeah she kind of looked not lost as such but playing out on the right against City it didn't seem to suit her at all whereas in recent games, she's been predominantly on the left, but kind of will move across in the middle a wee bit more to get involved with it. But she was down the left, it was her cross for the opening goal, and then she got another couple of assists as well, and then obviously the, the goals again coming in from that left-hand side. Celtic had those players in these areas that were, they were all, they all had a good game, but um, they were kind of using the space very well, using the width of the park, and I mean, the station parks, it was a fairly decent, decent-sized pitch, for SWPL standards, so it was it was smart as Celtic to use these wide areas. And Mariah Lee was she was there all the time. She was always an outball, even just a long diagonal. At times, from Celtic would work, um, and she was involved. And as we say, getting you coming in and getting goals that's going to help you to see the big one as well against Rangers, where again she's just made the right run at the right time, and she's she seems to be getting better at that from from my first time I saw it at least where. She knows when to make that run and at the right time. And obviously it's worked in the end. And she was she was I mean, the whole Celtic side was impressive on Sunday, but she was certainly one to, to um, give a special mention to. And the other one I want to talk about, Campbell, because you tweeted out about how sensational she was on Sunday is and I felt so yeah, I mean you mentioned the Sarah the, the her, her second goal, which just seemed a bit mad. It just seemed to she just happened to be the one that the kind of volleyed into and then went in. But two goals for her. A number of assists, and you were really impressed with her as well. Yeah, I mean the city game. I remember saying to you at the game um, of all Celtic signings at the time, she was the one that kind of looked the most impressive, even in the defeat that day. Um, and Sunday, that's one of the best performances I've seen from an individual, um, an SWPL one for for ages. She was involved in absolutely everything. Um, First goal was a very well-taken header, obviously. Her second one was just kind of booted off her by Sarah Younes, and I think she just kind of felt a wee bit embarrassed almost to take that goal because she just turned around and suddenly the ball was in the net from her. But she was another one that was involved in everything. And, um, I mean, it was at times maybe a bit easy for Celtic on Sunday for, for not getting close enough to them. But Anna Philby always wanted on the ball and was the player that was constantly on the ball, making these passes through, getting in the right areas herself. And was just involved in everything good that Celtic did on Sunday. So it was a performance that did really stand out. And as I mentioned that to Ben, um, sitting beside me a few times as well. It was just, it's good when you see one player that just really stands out like that. And Anna on Sunday was just fantastic. So Celtic, I've been putting out a few individual players from Celtic in recent weeks that have, have stood out. And again, that what is not always just, it's not always the same people. There's always a different player each time. And I say on Sunday, that was Anna. And very, very impressive performance. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we obviously have to give a wee shout for that Sierra Tea Garden goal again because it was incredible. Go watch it if you haven't. As a proper one and underside of the bar aesthetic, we know we love a bit of that as well. But after the game, you did speak to Anna and you also spoke to Far for Farmington's Leah White, and this is what they had to say. A good afternoon, obviously, Anna, get yourself on the score sheet as well, just how pleased are you with the game this afternoon? Yeah, I think it's a great team performance, um, obviously fourth put on a low block and we had to just try and break it down. We forced it quite a bit early on in the, second, in the first half, but buzzing with the result and it's a great, great scoreline. At 1-0, it looked kind of, you were in control obviously, but it was still that wee bit tight, do you think those are the three goals in quick succession really kind of helped set the tone for the second half especially? Yeah, definitely. Um, it got a bit tight and they were starting to go a bit longer, but I think we were excellent in our rest defence and just just reading the clearances really. Got yourself on the score sheet as well, how pleasing is that from a personal point of view? Yeah, it's nice to score a goal always but um, got to give it to the assist really, um, Mariah and who was the other one? <laughs> can't remember. Um, Sarah Younes I think. <laughs> Sarah, to, yeah, yeah Nick Sherry Younes goal, she smashed it off me but I'll take him. <laughs> Yeah, you look kind of a bit surprised with that one, but you'll claim it certainly. Yeah, I felt bad because <laughs> I think it was going on target, but she just absolutely smashed at me. I couldn't get out of the way, <laughs> but we're taken. That's now um, five wins in a row as well. You're obviously in good form. It's, yeah. it's still very tight up at the top there, but you, you still hope you can catch either Rangers or City or both if possible. Yeah, of course, but we've just got to take each game as it comes. Obviously, as you said, we're five on the balance now and that only builds momentum. So we're looking forward to the rest of the season and we'll just keep pushing. Just finally as well, you're obviously on loan for the rest of the season. How are you enjoying your time at Celtic? I'm loving Celtic. Um, it's really made me enjoy my football again. Fran and David have been great, so I'm loving it here and can't, don't want it to end. <laughs> um, disappointing afternoon, obviously. What were your thoughts on, on the match today? Yeah, it was obviously a defeat, but I think we can take a lot of positives from the game. Um, going after a performance last week, I think we had a much better team performance today. First half especially, there was four goals, but... I don't think there was four goals in the first half. We worked hard, we defended well, and I think overall we can take a lot of positives from today's performance. I'm saying there, obviously, it was just that one goal um, in the first half until kind of, that spell where there was the three kind of goals. How, how frustrating is that, that it kind of, knocks a confidence even? Yeah, of course it's frustrating. Um, getting them goals in quick succession, it puts a downer on the game when you've been working so hard and you've kept them at bay and you've kept the goals down, kept the score down. Um, so it's obviously frustrating, but we've just got to pick ourselves up and go again defend well again, keep them away and keep the score down as much as we can. You've got another two home games coming up as well, do you think? Playing here at Station Park, sort of, obviously you know the pitch pretty well, and that could help you in those two games with Hibs and Motherwell? Yeah, definitely, and we've just got to look to every game, take the positives from each game, move into the next game and play the way we know we can play. Um, like I said, defeat last week, but we've built on that performance this week, so we've just got to go again, build on that again, take the positives into the next game and hopefully the next few games we can come away with some points and show people that we can hear, we're here to fight and these results don't define our season and we're going to pick up our game, take these games forward and hopefully pick up some points along the way. Just finally as well, you lost obviously a couple of key players before this game and then your top scorers are also out, um, out and suspended today so as you knew it was, it was going to be tough but what positives can you take from, from this afternoon's performance? I think we defended well, um, obviously Celica are a brilliant side. We knew what we were going to be up against today, so we prepared for that. Um, their movement's excellent, but I think we dealt with that well. Um, like I say, especially first half, they put on their, their put their full backs up high, but I think as a team we dealt with that movement well. We kept them at bay and we did what we could. So uh, stuff like that, uh, movement, communication, just playing, playing as a team, um, we can look to build on that each game and take them positives forward every week. I mean, yeah, Campbell, um, we talked about Celtic a lot there, but I mean, there's not much... To say for 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 Farmington after the result of that two two games well two weeks on the bounce it's been heavy defeats nineteen goals conceded and unscored we know there's a couple of players that have left or are on the way out 
is it just the case of a, a bit of a re kind of get through the end of the season and regroup and reassess where, where everything is for them in the in the coming campaign? I mean, it's a strange one. Obviously, they've they've had a couple of tough weeks, but I mean, as Kevin McGreskin has said a few times himself, they're not playing Celtic and Rangers every week. So, as much as some of the other sides down and bottom end of the table, maybe coped a wee bit better against these sides recently compared to M4. It's not something that they worry about too much because they've had a better season this year than they have done previously for the last number of seasons. So it's one of these ones where you don't really want to to kind of slag them off too much. But there will be stuff to improve. Obviously, they've lost some players that are that are important for them. So top scorer then out at the weekend as well. So I mean, they will want to get to the end of the season, as you're saying, having won some of these games. But that was game one of three at home against Hibs and Motherwell, next two teams a wee bit nearer to them, and they're games that they'll look to show the real for for Farmington rather than a side that's that's having to set up differently against them, um, two of the best sides in the country. So. They've not got too much left to play for, I think, at the stage of they're not going to be in the bottom two, but they're probably not going to be catching up for fourth. I think they can accept that themselves. So they'll be able to play without pressure and try and build some things for next season. Obviously, as I said, the players have lost then Leon McVarnock can't come in, which is just stupid again, with them, the SFA being pretty useless and helping them there. So that's disappointing. But um, I think for for all they'll look to build on this season because overall it's not been the worst of campaigns for them so far. Yeah, I mean, the, the Leah McVarnock thing, it's mad that it's still going on. She was she was at, so I know she would have been at the game on Sunday and she was at the game at the Rangers Training Centre the other week when I was covering their game. And yeah, it's a, it's a real head scratcher that this hasn't been resolved yet, but hopefully it does. And yeah, as you say, I mean, Forfar won't play Rangers and Celtic uh, every week. Um, so... They do have some games coming up they're looking forward to, but they've also gone through quite a lot of transitions over this season. So I'll be interested to see how they pick the play on. But let's move on to the next game. And it was the BBC Alba live game, uh, Edinburgh Derby at Ainsley Park. Bernian 6, Hearts nil. Pretty comfortable win for a Bernian. Um, Ellis Notley getting a scrambled goal to kind of open the scoring after a Charlotte Parker Smith fumble. And then uh, Amy Gallagher, six goals in three games. She got a hat trick on Sunday. Um, Won the penalty as well, which Rachel Boyle converted, and Carla Boyce obviously getting the score straight as well. But I think this game's really talking about Amy Gallagher, who has been in really good form, and I'm I'm really pleased for Amy. She's one of the one of the players that you speak to. You obviously did the podcast with her as well, Campbell. But you're one of these players you speak to. She's been a, she's been around for a couple of, couple of years now in terms of maybe the peripheries of like that that generation of house players that everybody talks about, and she's now got this opportunity to come to the fore. The start of the season was obviously destroyed for everybody, but she was obviously having a couple of fitness things that maybe she was trying to work through. And I think she looks a lot fitter now than she maybe has done in previous seasons. It's really shown now she looks like one of Hibs' key players kind of in every game at the moment when she's when she's playing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point that she wasn't she wasn't one of the main names that were there, obviously, but she stayed with the club for, for the last three or four years now and is becoming potentially, potentially their best, their most important player in the attacking areas especially. I mean, I got back and managed to catch about the last hour of this game um, on Sunday. And again, straight away, like Anna Philbys had picked out with Celtic, Amy Gallagher was the same for Hibs, where she was just involved in absolutely everything. And again, I think I'd only been in the house about five minutes when it was poor from Kirsty McIntosh to let her run straight through, but she had the right run to get into the play position then. It was a very cool finish. Um, in the bottom corner and her first goal was also another one with again poor defending but she's in the right place and finished it very well and then at the second half again took it well got the penalty and was just involved in absolutely everything and she's she's standing out now she's still young herself but is one of the more experienced players in the Hibs team because they are a young squad now but um, 
she's certainly a player that seems to be she seems to be thriving a wee bit more when she can kind of be the one in the spotlight rather than sort of kind of on the side and as you're saying she she knows how to take a free kick and six goals in three games just anyone is delighted with that so it's been a good few weeks for Hibs and for Amy yeah absolutely I think she likes being on the spotlight on the park but maybe prefers to be a little bit more in the background off the park I think that's fair to say um but I think it's really good um and speaking in a bit more broader sense it's always nice to see players emerging in the SWPL I mean that's that's what we kind of love, love the league for because at some point these players will move on if they really reach a high standard and it's great to see them do that but in terms of the game itself as you say Hearts will be disappointed with some of the goals that they conceded in terms of the defending for it and Hibs kind of did what what they would have been wanting to do which is kind of put uh, kind of put the ghost of that 1-0 defeat to, to bed from before um, before Christmas but also then kind of get a comfortable win, obviously, after a, a tough few weeks for them as well. Yeah, I mean, Hearts, obviously, we were saying there were signs of improvement. They beat Hibs, and then I think the break, or the second and fourth break, kind of came at the wrong time for them. But there had been signs of improvement, but I was disappointed with them on Sunday. The defending for the, almost every goal was just pathetic. I mean, the first one's a scramble where, again, there's so many blue shirts in the box, but Hibs reacted first. I mean, Amy Gallagher stood unmarked, let us say, the third one as well, left totally free, and then three and a half time. I think right, keep it tight, and within about thirty-five seconds of the second half, there's Carla Boyce stood unmarked, ten yards free from in the centre of the goal, and it's a goal we can't be given away. A penalty again. It's attack we don't need to make in the box when Amy Gallagher's running the other way, and then they were just being run through far too easily, and it's it'll, it'll disappoint them because they know they're better than that. Um, but in terms of bringing up players, they could, I think it's three girls about 17 or something coming on at half times. So, I mean, there's certainly a lot of younger players there. We've seen that in the squad. I mean, even Claire Dale was one you spoke to as well, who was one of their more important players. But again, she's only what, 19, 20 year old. So they are a very young team and they're a team that will be built for the future. But in terms of what they saw on Sunday, they will be disappointed with that. Um, but a good win for Hibs and they're now closing that gap on Spartans. Yeah, I mean, that Hearts team was one of the, the stronger ones in the, the National Performance League setup when that was played oh, 12, 18 months ago. Now. And that, I mean, that's one of the things that was announced this week, actually, just as a sidebar, is that that will be coming back in August time. They were planning on doing it as a kind of summer season, but it now looks like it's going to follow the same routine as the SWPL. So we'll see how that pans out. But that's great to hear another level of the game is coming back, which is what, what we're all about just now. Um, but yeah, a comfortable one for Hibs. My. Um, my thought for the day from this game was uh, the Kirsty Morrison Macintosh situation um, where uh, our man Paul on commentary for pretty, almost the entirety of the game, it did seem to get remedied right towards the end, was calling Hibernian's Kirsty Morrison Hearts's Kirsty Macintosh and um, I think I think we were talking actually after the broadcast out on, on Sunday we think it's continuing to improve on week and week but we things like this is just kind of if it needs to be right because if it's not right, it will agitate people. Well, it'll agitate me, and I'm the most important person in the world, so it'll agitate me. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was one of those ones where, like, yeah, it was kind of got to the point where it was so so off piece that I actually had to be laugh about it. But player identification is a, it's another important thing of getting this game right, and obviously providing the coverage is about informing people. So that needs to be spot on too. I mean, Paul Mitchell is very good when it comes to the men's game. He's been at a high level, been on even bigger adverts and things as well. But it almost seems as if they're kind of saying, right, you're a good voice, go and commentate in the women's game. And 
as I say, he's a good commentator, but it's almost every week there's things that you're thinking you should be getting that right, though. And I know people make mistakes, but when it's every week, it's so infuriating, especially when there's folk like myself trying to get into these kind of jobs, what have you, and people that should know better than are not. I mean, they've both got the same initials and the same first name, fine, but they don't look alike. They're playing for separate teams. I mean, it's basic stuff. Get it right, please. Yeah, and I will will clarify, mistakes do happen. As somebody who works in TV, I know mistakes happen. Um, but that was a bit of a, a repeated one. And um, speaking of repeated mistakes, and we'll get off this soapbox in a second, Rachel McLaughlin's name, Rachel McLaughlin's name is spelled M-C-L-A-U-C-H-L-A-N. It's on our shirt, it's on the Rangers website, it's on the SWPL website. It's, it's, it's her name. But once again on Sunday, not for the first time this season, and it's not just a, a, a BBC Alba, it's a BBC Sport, the, the SFA put McLaughlin spelt wrong on the back of her shirt for the game against, I think it was a game against Cyprus, they uh, misspelled her name on the back of her shirt. I, I don't know if it's just like somebody's trolling, like somebody listens to this and goes, it's really funny if we just go around spelling this name wrong just to really wind, wind Chris up, but please spell it right. And if you can't spell it right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just start calling you out for it because it's it's getting boring now. But soapbox down again. <laughs> the reason why I bring that up is obviously last game of the weekend was Mother and Rangers six, which is a game with BBC Sport. Um, comfortable win for Rangers. I think we were kind of expecting that. Uh, first goal for Chantel Swaby. Swaby. We need to go and find out exactly what's what's the right for that one. Uh, Chelsea Cornet, and then a really good goal from Zoe Ness, a Kirsten Riley double, and Lizzie Arnott with their 12th of the season who goes top of the goal scoring charts. But the, the thing that caught me, and I think lots of people off guard, was uh, Motherwell's goalkeeper, who they obviously had Lauren McGregor on loan from Kilmarnock, but with SWPL2 coming back as well soon, I'm guessing either she's maybe picked up an injury, he's gone back to Kelly to also train. They had 16 year old uh, Nicole Cunningham goal from on loan from Gart Cairn. And I mean, this game kind of went as you as you thought it would. Campbell it was a, it was a tough shift for Motherwell and a, a comfortable win for Rangers. Yeah, I mean, with Ben doing his main reporting duties, I could kind of watch the Celtic game while also watching this one. So I had it on on this on my laptop in front of me as well. Um, and Motherwell weren't too bad first twenty minutes or so. They were well in the game, and then some, there were some really good goals from Rangers. I mean, but again, it was similar to Celtic and City. It was that sort of these spells they've got of there's three goals in the space of about 10-15 minutes that they just kind of kill it off and it was a comfortable win as expected from them I think but again a bit like heart some of the defending was poor and it was goals that they'd be disappointed to be conceding but it was a result as we say we'd expected and Rangers in the end could have had more but it was a professional performance from them and they would be pleased to get three points ahead of Sunday yeah, I mean, it doesn't really feel like there's there's tons to say about this. To be to be perfectly honest with you, there was there wasn't much controversy. As you say, the goals came in bursts. Rangers scored a decent amount. Yeah, that's it. So I tell you what, let's let's just move on and let's use the the time we've clawed back to do a little bit of a preview of the games coming this weekend because it's obviously it's a, a big weekend in SWPL this weekend. Glasgow City against Rangers is the. The marquee game this weekend, it's a BBC Alba game at 10 past four, but we've also got Celtic against Motherwell, because we talked about earlier on, a good chance for Celtic to claw points back on the top two. Four for Farmington playing Hibs and Spartans against Hearts, but yeah, uh, Rangers-Glasgow City is a, is a game of the weekend um, for, for lots of people, and it's going to be a really interesting clash because it is going to be a completely different game from that 5-0 game back in December. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I mean, Rangers have got pretty much the same squad, minus Kirsty Howitt now, obviously, and Celtic. Um, a few times I've done that tonight. Um, City are a much-changed team from that game back in December as well, and they've obviously been hitting great form since they've come back. It's a game where I think if City win, it's still early, but you wouldn't see them dropping too many other points. If they win there and extend the gap to six or five, I think, if Celtic win, it would still be, you'd look at it and think, right, that could well be it. But it could also be crucial for Rangers, because if they lose, if we say, and Celtic beat them, suddenly they're overtaking them, you're thinking maybe Rangers even miss out on Champions League. So it's a huge game. It's one that I think it's virgin on must-win for Rangers if they want to win the title, but it's certainly it's certainly a very intriguing game and one that I'm looking forward to, to going to um, in Mogai. Yeah, um, I'll be going to it as well. I think we're both trying to do a double header on Sunday if um, people allow us to do that. So please, um, but yeah, I think it's it's really big game. I mean, I was having a. I think you're right in terms of the, the big thing for, for Rangers is not to lose. I think this and because I just I don't see where City. Are, we've talked about the, the fact that Rangers and Glasgow City and Celtic could drop points against the kind of the lesser lights in the league, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not seeing that from City just now. Even on as I said on Sunday, they. They weren't brilliant on Sunday, but still won three one. And it, it didn't. If Spartan has got a second goal, who knows? But it didn't feel without that second goal. It never felt like it was ever in any danger that that was going to be another victory. I was having me think about like kind of some of the key battles. As as you've mentioned, City have brought in a lot of players. Rangers are very much kind of as is Santos Wobby's obviously coming to kind of help boost the defence with Demi Vance out. And I think I think it's going to be there's kind of a couple of really interesting ones that are going to happen for me. One of the most interesting ones will be on the the Rangers right hand side left back uh, battle with uh, Julia Molin and Brogan Hay because obviously Brogan's been one of the form players in the league now for a few weeks and Julia Molin's been she's not flashy but she does she does defending and she also knows how to you know play the game a little bit as well so I think that's going to be a really fascinating battle and I also think the how the, the centre back pains perform it could be mass if um Anna Asgrim's daughter's out, that's a that's a bit of a blow for cities, particularly in that attacking those kind of set piece areas. I'm quite up for Brianna Vestrup versus uh, Anna Asgrim's daughter in a kind of clash of the, the commanding centre halves in, in the opposing areas. But is there anywhere where you could see the game potentially swinging in one team's favour on Sunday? I mean I think both play a lot of the time you see them in sort of similar formations of those kind of three interchanging players in the attacking areas and with Rangers missing Kirsty Howitt you're now seeing that a bit more as in Brogan Hay and Lizzie Arnott are direct and then Zoe Ness more central um, City's momentum well Priscilla Chinchia is always kind of everywhere and she's a player that as much as these defenders are big and strong for Rangers they're not the quickest and the pace there same at City's end right enough the pace there could make that bit of a difference um, if the likes of Brogan Hay and Priscilla Chinchia are um, involved in it so it's it's an intriguing one. The midfield battle as well for me, though, could be crucial. I mean, City have got a lot of good players in that area with plenty of experience. But Rangers have now got a lot more experience than before and seen Sam Kerr and maybe more of a prominent role at Rangers than she had at Glasgow City as well could be crucial. And she'll be wanting to prove a point to say, look, obviously I've left, but I showed you what I could do and what I did do at City. So midfield will be crucial, but and to, I think the pace in the attacking area is, is certainly going to be the one that two, both sides are going to have to look to exploit because long they don't know that these two teams play long ball football, but you're not going to be winning too much in there against these defences. So it's I don't see it being a game full of goals. I think it will be quite tight, but 
it's about trying to exploit these times' weaknesses and at times I think that could be in, in the wide areas because they've both got fullbacks that like to attack as well. Yeah, um, I think I think your point about the kind of pace is really good. I mean, for, as a for as impressive as Jean Van Wyck and um, on Asrim's daughter have been, I do think there's a way to get them on the deck, and no no team's really been able. I mean, Glasgow's been in re- really good form, so no team's really been able to do that. Um, and I think the same is same can be said for Rangers as well. I think because they're not under tons of pressure defensively, they, we haven't really seen them under the cosh. And actually, when they've been under the cosh. Like they were against Celtic, where they had that that kind of collective brain fart for the goal, and when they were one 0 up, they had to tend to go, and they they nearly there was a couple of moments where it was all a bit hairy. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how that works. The other thing that I'm curious about is Rangers have a very settled team. Glasgow City have been rotating a lot, so I mean Haley Lauder was on the bench on Sunday, but didn't come on, and you'd expect her to play. Nee Farley was in the stand in commentary. I don't I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but I I don't know what the the best 11, I could maybe pick like five or six for Glasgow City, but in terms of the best 11 at the moment, I'm not, I don't know what that is. And I don't know if that was even, that could have been out on Sunday for Scott Booth, but I think that'll be an interesting thing to see come the lineups on Sunday. It's interesting to know if Scott Booth knows his best 11 because he's been so used to having that settled team, as we've said recently as well. He's suddenly got this huge squad and um, City have they've had the luxury of being able to rotate these players and then some of those that have been brought in the likes of Lauren Davidson have then hit form in all these weeks so they're making the case of well I should be starting on Sunday so the lineup will be interesting for City I'm not quite sure what takes but I think maybe the front three we've had and sort of in defence if they can um, if Arnest Askham's daughter's fit to play and obviously Alexander will be back in but it's the midfield area, especially for City. They're, they seem to change so often. And um, Neil Farrelly is a player that has stood out for them. So if she's back and playing, that could be another key component for them. It's It all depends. We can't really tell too much about City, I think, until we see the lineup. But whatever the team is, we'll know that they're, they're going to give um, put up certainly a good fight and won't, won't be easy for Rangers to break down. No, I am very much looking forward to this one on Sunday. It's uh, a proper big game feel about it, which is which is what you want from all games of football. But um, yeah, especially as we're starting to get towards that part of the season. But um, we're going to leave SWPL. Oh no, we're not quite going to leave SWPL quite yet because before we talk about Scotland, we will talk about Player of the Month. Obviously nominations were out. Um, For people that don't know about the nominations, just because I think some people maybe do, some people don't, they are nominated by the heads coaches of the the managers after the game. So it's not like the fan vote is obviously who says gets it but in terms of nominees that's how it's picked out at the moment and nominated this month are Brogan Hay, Audi Fulotodoulou, um, Becky Galbraith and Lauren Perry. Um, for me it's a toss-up between Brogan Hay and Audi Fulotodoulou for, for that kind of player of the month award. Have you got any different thoughts on that at all Campbell? Um, no. I mean Lauren Perry's been a good goalkeeper but ultimately has been in a team that have lost a heck of a lot of goals. Um. Becky Gilbraith has been Spartans' main goal-getter again, but they're a side that have also maybe not won as much they would have liked. So I certainly agree it comes down to the other two, and then it's a case of well, it's a case of who stands out to most people. Of course it is, but um, Brogan Hay probably just edges it for me, just for the fact that she seems to be involved in everything for Rangers when I've seen them. Um, and as that player that is scoring goals, creating goals, and is just general a nuisance to defences. Of course, Ordeville through Lewis and her goal-scoring record has been phenomenal, but I think Brogan Hayward edge it just, just slightly for myself. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm maybe that way inclined. There is a bit of a... When when I see Brogan Hay on the ball at the moment, there is a little bit of kind of... 
they're starting to get a little bit of electricity in there when she has all like people are expecting stuff to happen. So um, yeah, but I as I said, I think those two are the, the standard candidates. So you can go and vote on that on the SWPL website if you are so inclined and pick your favourite player and we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, as I said uh, at the start of the podcast and to wrap up this podcast, we are going to talk about the Scotland World Cup draw. Obviously at the weekend there was a bit of a social blackout, so we've not talked about it too much in terms of on social media and in general there's not been tons of conversation about it. Again, we don't have a head coach to kind of get the opinion of it in terms of that. I saw Rachel Corsi obviously was uh, the voice in terms of uh, giving the, the detail on like the reaction to the draw. But in terms of the draw, Campbell, I think it's okay. Um, we have got uh, Spain as top seeds, Ukraine, Hungary and the Faroe Islands. And I think realistically a playoff spot should be a, a, a minimum target from that group. Shouldn't have been in the last one as well, they didn't qualify. So, I mean... Don't want to get, get too ahead of ourselves, but it's certainly it's a group that if you were offered it before it, you would have taken it. Spain, obviously, top seeds are favourites to win it, but they're probably not the worst top seed we could have got. Um, Ukraine's a long trip. We were moaning about last week, but Scotland's record against them in the recent game, obviously the last one was, I think it was the Pentatar Cup, where they beat them, of course, and Hungary as well, and then the Faroes, of course, everyone should be beaten in these games, no disrespect to them, but it's a group Scotland will be happy with. And um, obviously, take away the Spain game, you've got to be targeting maximum points in the other in the other games. So it could be the last hurrah, maybe for some of these players, and that this might be their last tournament. Because some of them are obviously that bit older, but I think they'll be pleased with the group. And if we can now get a manager in that is also pretty pleased with it, you'd imagine, then hopefully it'll be um, a positive qualification campaign this time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of as you say, I think Spain are. Because of the way their domestic league is going just now, they are definitely one of the, the emerging top seeds. But I think there is still scope to kind of to get at them. And we've got a bit of a checkered history with Spain beating them at the Euros and then obviously the Euro, uh, Euro 2017 and then the Euro 2013 playoffs where we were so close and then it was taken away from us. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm quite looking forward to that. As you say, Ukraine, I think, are maybe, maybe on a downward curve at the moment. Uh, I was having a look at their squad and there's a lot of players kind of hitting the kind of late, not late 30s, but hitting that mid-30s range and they've got a lot of young players coming in to kind of fill the gap. They obviously went out playoffs against Northern Ireland as well. And then Hungary didn't pull up any trees in qualifying. Faroe Islands is a small nation and just as the way things are, small nations are still finding it very difficult in women's football um, as the game continues to grow. So yeah, as a draw, I I don't hate it. I, I quite like it. And I I, I can see ways of having a pint in some of these places as well, once we all can as well, which is a, I'm a big fan of. Um, but yeah, um, so there will also be announcements around fixtures and stuff like that, but they need to be negotiated. And as we'll, as I'll say again, we'll have a head coach, hopefully by September time when the games come around, hopefully before then, so we can embed somebody into the into the role and maybe put get a fourth friend that's played as well. But for now, I think that wraps up for this week. So Campbell, as always, thank you very much, my friend, for coming on. Right, not a problem. And thank you very much for listening. Um, hopefully enjoy the SWPL this weekend. Make sure you go and watch a game and uh, we'll uh, be back next week to kind of let you know how it's all broken down. But for now, stay safe and we will speak again soon.